Hi, my name is Aniko Heller. Uh, welcome to our seventh Reboot Dialogue. We started Reboot uh, last autumn, last fall, uh, with the intention of building dialogues over a longer period of time uh, with uh, committed partners who are working on path-breaking projects, trying to, in a way, turn around many of uh, the world's big problems. Um, we have had a wide range of different contributors so far, ranging from people dealing with educational policy uh, to um, environmental uh, degradation, specifically uh, climate change and the, the effects of climate change. Uh, and also we had uh, John Bansall, who um, started uh, in 2000, a rather unique and interesting organization that aims to support um, aid, a global collaboration, global collaboration among governments um, and key stakeholders. Uh, the organization you found is called SIMPOL, uh, Simultaneous Policy, um, and he is here today to give us an update on how his work with SIMPOL is going and also to look at, well, the, the new sort of global uh, business and um, political environment, uh, the war with Russia um, and uh, the implications of that, uh, also in terms of sanctions and so forth, the implications of that for uh, global regulation, climate change and so forth. So I know I can see that John is in the waiting room already. So let me let me invite him in um, and say hello to him. John, I can see your image. Hi there. How are you doing? You're oh, still a um, uh, still image. I think you need to turn your camera on. Oh, right. Why is my camera not working? Hang on, start video. Oh, here we go. Ah. <laughs> we did it. Excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm fine. We, we have a global, not a global, a stable uh, internet connection today. Uh, yes, sorry. We? Yes, that's right. <laughs> when, when we spoke last time, it was stop and go. Yeah, that's... I don't know. That was just that one day. I think there was a jinx or some nasty spell was cast that day. But anyway, <laughs> hopefully it's not here today. Absolutely. Uh, John, I said only a very few words about you so far. I mentioned that you've been uh, on this on this program before, um, that you are, in that sense, a regular contributor to Reboot 2030. Um, and, um, and just give a very basic introduction that you founded Simpol uh, in uh, 2000, um, and that you have since been developing this uh, with many ups and a few downs along the way. Um, and I think because we've had such a difficult ride last time, technically speaking, I think it would be great if we kind of just recap once more to, before we move on to the topic of the day. Um, sure. And um, maybe if you could, in very simple terms, explain what, what simple is, you know, how the idea came about and what its purpose is, what it, what it is here to do. Sure. Okay. Well, first of all, um, let's, let, let me just say that, 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 the, uh, the war in Ukraine has changed a lot of things. Uh, and I'll come back, maybe come back to that in more detail later, uh, Nico. Uh, but in principle, what SIMPOL, it's, it's short for the simultaneous policy, uh, is a, uh, a campaign to get nations uh, around the world to cooperate uh, on solving the global problems that no nation can tackle alone. 
So things like climate change, uh, fair corporate taxation, internet regulation, um, sorting out space junk, um, you know, and, and, and the problem, the problem with all, all, almost all of these problems is that any nation that would move first or would act alone would actually harm itself. Okay, so any nation really sort of dramatically reducing its carbon emissions would, would, would hamper its economy and that would give it a disadvantage compared to other nations. So it's not just that um, nations can't tackle these problems alone. There is actually a disincentive to any nation to move first, okay? And that's why we need simultaneous implementation, simultaneous action. Because if we can get all nations to act together, nobody loses out, everybody wins. So that's... I think that's it's, it's, there's a really interesting uh, difference we've made because, of course, when people talk about efficient markets, they talk exactly about the opposite, don't they? They talk about somebody gaining an advantage by doing something first, and then somebody else is kind of trying to top that, and you get a virtuous yeah. cycle of you know yeah. virtuous competition. Here, exactly. yeah. here you encounter a cost as a first yes. mover. Yeah, and exactly. Um, markets are, are great for first mover advantage, right? That's what they're. That's what markets do. I'm a businessman. I know that's what they. You know that's what they're great for. That's right. But what, where, where markets are no good is when um, the, exactly we're talking about problems where there's a first mover disadvantage, and in, in and in particular it relates to governments, because in a globalized economy where, where um, all governments are sort of competing for investment and jobs and, uh, and so forth, no government wants to harm its economy. But very often the kind of problems we need to solve would harm a government, a, a national economy, if the government were to act alone. So, so what really Simpol is all about is how to make uh, action on global problems in every nation's self-interest. And you have, so. you have given this form of competition, you have given that a name. You're talking about yeah. destructive global competition, yeah, don't you? It, yeah, DGC, destructive global competition. So it's like a vicious circle. And, you know, we've seen this. Uh, you, there's, there's so many examples of this, not just climate change. I mean, destructive global competition has sort of two uh, variants, I would say. One is what I call race to the bottom. So you see uh, that one government undercutting another, you know, the more undercutting each other. That, for example, is very, very obvious in levels of corporation tax, where one, one country cuts, then the, then the competitor right. cuts. And, da, 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 da. and before you know it, uh, corporation tax, you know, Amazon, Apple, these people are paying almost no tax. Right? Well, in fact, before you know it, governments start paying companies to yeah, come yeah, to their countries. It's, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. <laughs> And then, but the other, I think more, probably more important and more insidious variant is what I call regulatory chill. Okay, so this, so this would apply, for example, to climate change, where it's not that governments are undercutting or loosening regulation, they may be increasing them, but only very, very glacially slow, because, you know, if, if they go too far, they would get a, a serious competitive disadvantage. Just these little incremental steps is, is what I call regulatory chill. It means they're kind of frozen into these very tiny moves, which, which really are completely inadequate because the problem is like racing away down the fast lane, but governments are kind of only crawling along the slow lane. And That's right. And hence the crisis.
So simultaneous action is the, is the number one headline key. However, there are other aspects to simple. Second is, is that unlike the United Nations, what we are proposing is a multi-issue agreement. Okay, the problem with the United Nations um, uh, negotiations on climate change, for example, Nico, is that we're dealing with just one single issue, which is carbon emissions. And the problem with almost any single issue is that you will always have some nations that win, others that lose, and of course the losers have no incentive to cooperate. So nothing really happens, right? This is Paris Climate Agreement 101, you right. know, we see it. And it's not just the United States that didn't join, it actually goes for every country who's even in, you know, that they, they may be in the agreement, but because of destructive global competition, they're That's still right. moving glacially slow. Um, so a multi-issue agreement would mean, for example, matching or pairing a climate agreement, for example, with maybe a, a global wealth tax or a global currency transactions tax so that the proceeds that we gain from the tax can be used to, to compensate the big loser, the losing nations on the climate part of the agreement. Okay, I mean, so this, this notion of compensation or of reward um, is actually a, a notion that comes up in a number of reboot talks now. In fact, the, um, we, we have two others on climate. Uh, one we had last week, the first one, uh, where we're talking about a climate or a carbon uh, a, a dividend. And the idea there was that if you have a if you price, if you if you add a, if you put a price on carbon either through tax or through any other kind of mechanism then of course that hurts those who use carbon a lot um relative to their overall expenditure most so for example if i'm a single mother but i have to use my car to drive you know to get to my cleaning job the petrol i pay is disproportionate amount of my budget yeah and, and the carbon yeah. component is a big but if i would get a carbon uh, uh dividend in other words if i would if much of that tax on carbon would be redistributed uh, then i would have an incentive and i could say as a sort of a low-income person okay i'm going to use public transport now and i pocket the carbon dividend so i you know i might walk away with an extra yeah. thousand euro a year the, uh, the problem it's, it's, there the problem nico though is that you know, in principle, that's fine, but it, it presumes that the government can take from industry and give to single mothers who have a, a cleaning job, right? The problem is, is that no government wants to do that because taking from their industry or, or taxing their industry will, will cause their industries to be uncompetitive with industries elsewhere. So again, you still have the problem of destructive global competition. That's right. And, and you see, it, it, this is really what Simpol is about, is that globally, what we face today is a, is, a, is a mismatch between a globalized economy, which is all interconnected, but governance, which is in 200 odd different separate boxes, different countries. And that mismatch between a global economy and just national governance means that anything that's global whether it's global corporations or, or climate change, which is sort of moving globally, if you like, the carbon emissions, they can outmaneuver nations. You know? So what Simple is about is giving us a new level of politics to actually address these issues. You know, it's so, like right now, we, we, we have our hands behind our back. We see all these global problems, but we have no tool to, to, to act on them with. Simple is potentially that tool.
That's right. So, so, so this idea of having a, a basket of issues that are being negotiated simultaneously essentially creates an environment where there's a bargaining opportunity. Uh, exactly. um, there are, you can trade one's yeah. benefits against somebody else's costs, and in exactly. so doing, you level the playing field. Exactly. And then, and then, and in that way, the whole idea is to make immediate substantive action in every nation's self-interest. Okay, so, so simultaneous action, multi-issue uh, um, policy negotiations. Um, so, and the third point about Simple, which is, which is also uh, completely, uh, that no other organization is doing this, is we are harnessing the votes of citizens. So to, in order to, to drive politicians towards the, the, this target. So when, when citizens sign up to Simpol, which is of course completely free of charge, what they're doing is they are pledging to give strong voting preference to politicians or parties who have signed a pledge to implement or negotiate and implement the simultaneous policy. And in that way, politicians that sign up gain an electoral advantage over those who fail to sign up. Okay. And because of that, we've actually been able to get over 100 members of parliament in the, in the UK who come from all across the party political spectrum to sign the pledge. We have now also 40 in Germany. We've got about 15 in Ireland, four or five in Australia. So, uh, it, it, so it's beginning in, in, to, to, to move. So the important thing about this is, is that, that citizens can actually affect this, that citizens can actually influence this we can actually use our votes in a way to drive politicians towards the cooperation we need. So, so those so, are kind of the three planks of simple. That's right. So, the, 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 so um, maybe explain at what stage you are in the development of simple. So, so these are the three, yeah. the, the three, if you like, factors that make simple a successful sort of campaigning, campaigning, or sort of potentially. <laughs> yes. Yes. Potentially. Yeah. So potentially, that's right. But of yes, course, so, there's so, a lot of ifs and buts. Yes, there's lots of ifs and buts. Um, I mean, the phase we're in now is really getting people to understand Simpol. To, well, first of all, to, under, to understand the need for global cooperation. Most people don't get it because most people don't really understand the way the global economy works. Um, most of the global justice movement, you know, Extinction Rebellion, all these people, they don't understand um, the way the global economy works. They, they generally think that if we just protest uh, uh, loud enough and long enough, the government will do what we ask. But what Simpol explains is that, it's, it, is that governments can't do it, not on their own. So this idea of national civil disobedience just doesn't, it cannot work in a globalized environment. You've got, to have, you've got to have coordinated global action. And that's what Simpol offers. But because they don't really understand that, that's why Simpol is growing so slowly because most people still view the world through, through national glasses. What, to understand Simpol, you've got to put on your global glasses. I think there are a lot of areas where you could debate whether there is not another solution, especially in the current political environment where people are closing off. So I think there is a kind of on the 
on the populist right, there's an argument for sort of like sort of a nationalist economics. So, you know, let's pull up borders and, you know, America first or whatever the kind of the slogan might be, which in essentially kind of is a sort of an anti-globalization movement that has a lot of support actually on both sides of the political yeah. spectrum. But at the moment, yeah. it seems yeah. to be the right that is pulling the strings. Uh yeah, absolutely. And, and that, that, I'm glad you brought that up, Nico, because that's exactly where Simpol kind of straddles both sides, because Simpol is not globalist. It's also not only nationalist. It's simultaneous, all nations simultaneously. So it actually speaks to national, it strengthens nationalism through global cooperation. Yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. But it, you have yeah. to get your head around this, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you have to get your course. head around it. And that's the problem is most people are either or thinkers. Yeah, that, that's right. Either global or it's national. Simple is about both. That's right. And but there's people, also people are not uh, both and thinkers yet. And, and there's another tendency. And that is, 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 of course, the complexity of pulling together a simple consortium or a simple solution around a specific policy issue is, is quite a is quite an art form I believe I mean there's a oh, lot yeah. of no no it, 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 it is Nico and I'm not I'm not pretending that um, it would it would be easy it won't it will be it will be incredibly complex there's no doubt about it however you know what what Simpol is really doing right now is educating people getting citizens and politicians to sign up in principle to this and then, you know, if we can get far enough, then we can start bringing in uh, the expertise needed to try to deal with these complexities of, of, of policy. That's right. And, and the, the other thing on that, I think, is important to say is that Simpol is not about all nations doing the same thing at the same time. It's actually about just coordinating, because, you know, what is agreed under Simpol will be different for different nations. There'll be a certain amount of uniformity, but there'll also be a lot of difference. But the point is, is that if all nations act together in a coordinated fashion, that's when we can get the win-win out. And there, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong there, there would be sort of, if you like, an out, sort of outcome or output focus. So, um, you know, different nations, different countries might pursue different policy goals, but with the same overall end game in mind. So, um, yeah, say I mean, the, I think the point is, is that it is that, is that right, you know, I mean, to, to give you an example, you know, right now, the, the UN negotiations, for example, on climate, they're all about targets. They agree a target. But the problem is, is that no nation knows what every other nation will do to actually achieve that target. And they don't therefore know how those actions, if they were taken, would impact on their competitiveness, on their economies and so forth. So what's the result? Nobody does anything. Or, or you know very little you know so the point about simple is transparency so if every nation knows and has negotiated and pre-agreed what each nation will actually do how they will maybe each be compensated by the global tax that we have on the side you know then you are building transparency you're building trust and confidence because only with that will you get the action um, so it's a hugely tall order, but what choice do we have? You know? No, it, it, that's right. I mean, there, there's, um, I mean, this is the thing. It's like the, the, there is sort of, a, I mean, people like to, you know, just 
basically ignore problems that they can't solve. I mean, I know this from my consulting days as a management consultant. You you were told it was absolutely, it was a, a total taboo to bring up a problem where you didn't have a solution for. You know, you, you know, the, you know, consultancy is not about solving all problems, it's about selling solutions, you know. Right. So and, and and there is there is that real um there is that real problem. So and it's, it's yeah. a similar thing in politics. You really don't yes. want to set yourself up on a platform with a bunch of problems that you can't solve. No, 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 no. And, you know. Absolutely right, Nico. And it's actually, you know, that 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 psychological problem, if you like. Is, 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 is a really big issue because what it leads politicians to, to do is, is it leads them to lie to themselves. It leads them to say that, that somehow uh, economic competitiveness and, and, and environmental sustainability are not opposing. They can somehow be done together. Bullshit, it, they can't. And, and, you know, but they can't admit that because then they would have a problem they can't solve. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but, 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 you know, what Sempol is, is, is saying, well, actually, there is a way that we can solve this. And, you know, I think that's partly why we've done so, even though support for Sempol from citizens has been relatively weak, Nico, from politicians, it's actually been relatively quite good. And I think the reason for that is that politicians are the ones who are who are most directly on the horns of this dilemma. We've got to keep the country competitive, but we also want to, 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 to save the planet. How, we, we, how do we resolve this dilemma? Ah, Simpol can, in principle, do it. And that's why they're supporting it. You know, many politicians have written to us saying, this is a great idea, you know. So they're almost they're almost relieved <laughs> that there's something out there that resolves this very basic dilemma. So, but, but what we really need is for citizens. You know, without the citizens getting behind it, we just won't have sufficient credibility um, to really make the big strides um, to to get nations on board. Um, and if we can't get democratic countries on board, there's no chance at all to get non-democratic countries. Well, you see, this is an interesting point. Uh, I have a sort of, a sort of reboot dialogue later on in the season with someone who will talk about what is sort of tentatively called a sort of a D10. And the D10 is essentially a bit like a G7 or a G20, uh, is, a, uh, is the idea that you bring together the, the leading democracies of this world. But unlike the G7 or the G20, you exclude the kind of autocracies. So no China, no Russia. Um, and so, but but of course that, that way you know you could sort of say that that you're preaching to the converted and there is an aspect to that but you also stop undermining democracy <laughs> you know, you stop watering yeah. down democracy because you're pulling all on the same strings but the thing is is when you look at the kind of the basket of countries that would come together they would control nearly eighty percent of global global GDP so by you know <laughs> so so you, you're still talking a massive economic force on the democracy side of nations at yeah. this point. You know, we don't know how this whole field is gonna shift over no, no, time. No. But... no, I mean, I, I think, you know, certainly Simpol could be applied to a, a D10. Um, you know, the same principles could, could be applied. However, um, you know, originally it was really more designed for any nation. And again, that is why simultaneous action is, is flexible 
that it, because it can include democratic and non-democratic. Of course, but I mean, yeah. I guess what what what, what I absolutely, but I guess what I'm saying is 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 that you might be able to build more momentum quicker and you wouldn't have to yeah. be exclusive because of course with you know one set of policy issues you know you might attract more the democratic nations with other policy issues yeah. you might attract sort of yeah. emerging markets or, or like developing yeah. countries because there's other issues that are probably closer to home uh, to them and so you might have different clusters uh, yes. of, of sort of or economic alliances where people come together as a simple community to solve a specific set of issues. So I'd be delighted, yeah, to be in touch with with the D10. I don't, I haven't heard of them actually, uh, Nico. So uh, yeah, I'd be delighted if they, you know, maybe there's something we can learn from each other or help each other with. I mean, Joe Biden is very keen on this D10 idea, and. Um, uh, so there's a lot of work. I mean, you had this kind of this kind of global democracy conference last uh, December, uh, and uh, received a lot of kind of criticism because it was democracies as opposed to everybody. Um, and uh, and uh, so so Biden is pushing this very hard, trying to rebuild global democracy after Trump. Um, and there's a lot of push and a lot of kind of goodwill going into that from certainly the UK is very very strongly involved in this uh, than, right. than, than than the US, Australia. Okay. The other thing about the D10, of course, is it would include countries like Australia, like South Korea, like India, that are currently not represented either in the G7 or the G20. Um, so, so that would be an interesting new kind of, uh, you know, way of looking at framing, framing sort of global uh, uh, foreign Definitely. relations. Um, the, the whole playing field has changed in the last three months. Um, yes. and, and, and this is a thing when you have like a project like Simple, which has a bit of a 10 year time horizon, but clearly, you know, it's a bit like sailing across the Atlantic. You don't know what weather you're going to get halfway through. Uh, and it's, it, it's a bit like that here as well. Uh, on, on your sort of best guess, what's the sort of the immediate impact of this kind of new kind of world order that is sort of shaping up with China yeah. coasting up with, you know, Russia and, and, and all of that? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think, you know, when you when you see what's happened in the last couple of months, talking about global cooperation, um, as simple is, sounds completely crazy, sounds completely uh, irrelevant and, and ridiculous. However, I think what if we if we leave aside, if we can, the, you know, the, the human horrors of uh, and, and, and the, just the awfulness of this conflict. The, let's look at the effects. The effects are going to harm everybody. We are going to have the, you know, the, the sanctions on Russia uh, are going to harm Russian people. The higher costs, energy costs, food costs are going to harm the rest of the world. Um, the, the, the sort of deglobalization is going to harm China. Uh, and there's no winners. There's effect, no winners. Uh, sorry? There's no winners. There's no winners, and 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 so in a sense, the 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 terrible global effects of all of this could mean that something like Simpol is all the more necessary because you know to 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 get rid of all of that horror, horrific effects and to start working together again in in a way that everybody wins, you need a framework. Yeah, no, totally. Could be that framework. So in a, in a paradoxical sense, I think that that what is happening now um, could be a prelude, potentially, to something like Simple.
or or the D10 or something, you know, but maybe an expanded version or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, right now it's hard to think about that. But um, I mean, what, what I think what 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 seems to be happening is 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 that and. Um, um, is, is that you do get a sort of a, a sort of a polarization in the way we haven't seen really since the end of the Cold War, um, yeah. and you know people talk about a new Cold War, and 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 with that obviously comes a new Iron Curtain. Um, I mean, of course, the the role of Germany in this is quite an interesting and actually quite a sort of shameful one, I have to say, from a sort of an international perspective. I'm not proud at all of what uh, what our Chancellor is kind of doing here, um, but. Um, but that's you know that's what we're sort of seeing. We're sort of seeing a sort of like a quite a determined US, quite a determined UK, a sort of most of the time determined France, and a very indeterminate Germany <laughs> uh, on the one side. And we and of course Germany will have to pick the West because that's where its markets, that's where its future lies. I mean, it's 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 kind of increasingly isolated globally, and it'll have to essentially it has to choose sides at some point. It can't. Uh, in fact, it's going to be interesting to see whether Olaf Scholz is going to survive this as a chancellor. You know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting. But so, so this is this, but this is there's a kind of a real tearing apart going on, and Germany is really at the center of this, and it's feeling this kind of you know sort of gravitational forces very, very strongly, uh, and it's kind of tearing apart the uh, apart the sort of the the, the post nineteen ninety consensus, uh, yes. uh, European consensus. I don't yes. mean European Union. I mean, as in the kind of the continent of Europe consensus, yeah. um, and um, and and that consensus has, has essentially fallen apart. We don't know what is following. What we do know is we need new, probably need new structures, new alliances, and and of course this whole idea of about like the D10 and and so is is kind of heading that way. That basically saying, well, we have to reconstitute like the the West, you know, essentially, um, to, to protect democracy, liberal democracy in particular, uh, and, and our way of life. Um, and so, so, so this, is, this is happening, and it's very, I think, very hard for anybody at the moment to sort of, you know, it's everybody's best guess, you know, how, you know, how, how this is gonna uh, work out. And I think people are quite, this creates a lot of insecurity at all levels. I mean, in terms of investment, yeah. uh, in, in terms of, you know, kind of political alliances, um, uh, and of course yeah. also consumers. I mean, consumers are becoming yeah. increasingly sort of insecure about their spending. And so I think we're all heading headlong towards a recession in the summer. Absolutely, um, this sure. is, uh, and, and And it's not just prices, it's also kind of psychology. It, it's just, we're very unsettled. So the idea is as simple, as you said, could be, is, is an attractive uh, proposition. But the question is, is where do you pack it onto? What is your, how would you, how would you, how are you going to take it through this really volatile period? Uh, well, I think we, we just need to keep um, explaining it as, as I'm doing today with you, Nico. Um, you know, I think that it's like, it's like, it's like many things in life. We only, we only grow up and cooperate when, when, when the water's up to here, right? I think, I think sadly we will have this global recession. It will, it will maybe last for a very, very long time, uh, just like the first Cold War. Um, I think, that, you know, but eventually, like with the first Cold War, there will have to be a thawing at some point. And, and I hope that by that point, we are, Simpol is a lot further a, along the line than it is now. Um, but, you know, when that will be, uh, anybody, it's anybody's guess, of course. 
Um, I mean, if there was a, you know, if there was a watchtower between the New East and the New West, you know, that's where you would like St. Paul to be, wouldn't you? You would like it to be really, <laughs> you wouldn't want it to be solidly grounded in the West nor in the East, but you would want it to kind of, in a way, bridge those worlds. Yes. Yeah, well, that's that's right. And that, that, you know, that's really what I, what we try to, to be, because I think when the whole world is polarizing, it, it's important that at least some few people are, are, you know, that's not to say that we condone what Russia is doing or that we condone, uh, you know, um, China or anything like that. We are, we are purely saying here is a framework for pragmatic global cooperation. You know, we are not, we, we don't have any particular, uh, we have no comment, if you like, as simple. I mean, I have my own personal views on, on things like anybody else. But as simple, we we are about the future, not about the present or the past. Um, you know, how just just for, to, to to kind of um, to, to understand this better. Um, um, you say you have different kind of support groups in different countries. How, how, how does this work and how do you coordinate and do you, do you organize conferences where you kind of meet up, say, every so often to kind of uh, exchange views and update each other? How do, you, how do you actually work? Well, basically what we have is we have, we have a sort of core management group which consists of national coordinators who are volunteers in each country who are, who have, who are, who are very generously giving their time to developing Simpol in their countries. And um, uh, it's their job to recruit um, new supporters, new citizen supporters in their country, new polit politicians and candidates, and, and to seek the support of NGOs and, and others in their country. And of course, we meet regularly. We meet about every three weeks on Zoom. Um, and then hopefully uh, also as we, depending on how things are developing in each country, the citizens can also have their own, you know, their own um, discussions and, 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 and groups. It's very informal at the moment. Um, but, um, you know, we are, you know, it, it, and it is difficult, I think, to keep a long-term goal campaign like St. Paul. Very difficult. Um, to keep it vibrant and keep people interested. So that there is that aspect. But I think, you know, what, what we're really trying to do is, is to, if you like, it's almost a little bit like um, providing a lifeboat. Um, nobody's interested in the lifeboat until suddenly the day they need it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a little bit that kind of game for us, which is, which is tough. But we feel it's, you know, we, we feel that we do have something. I mean, so to, my, uh, to my knowledge, and I've been at this for 20 years, Simpol is the only campaign that, that actually has some kind of framework for a solution, but importantly, can actually engage citizens' votes in a very powerful way to drive, to, to, to drive politicians to, to, to sign up to this. Uh, so, I mean, I, in, in, in my kind of sort of mind sort of thinking quantitatively about this, I'm sort of thinking, well, I mean, as you said, it's incredibly difficult to keep a sort of a momentum going. And in fact, this is not just a problem with simple, that's the problem with every kind of climate change campaign. You know, they, they, they kind of come up, they have their short life and then the next one, but there's no continuity and there's no, and so as a result of it, of course, you know, with these campaigns, campaigns coming and going, very little learning is transferred from one campaign to the next. So everybody's reinventing the wheel and essentially going through the same motions over and over and over again. Uh, so campaigns, and this is partially also, of course, the idea of reboot to, to, to engage with 
people like you who have this long-term vision and have the, the stamina and the kind of steadfastness to actually, to, you know, to, 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 to go the extra mile. And to, to, but how, yeah. I mean, in my thinking, what, what would help me tremendously is if I had some kind of notion of trigger points. So if I, if I would know, well, you know, the sort of critical mass kind of thing. So if, if, if I would know that, you know, if we get, um, say, I'm, I'm making this up just to kind of explain the, the idea. If we get like two thirds of European member, parliament members uh, to sign up to this, we can essentially kind of push for our first simple within a European context. Uh, and or if we can, uh, or you can have a Asian kind of like, uh, you know, like the Asian kind of uh, kind of economic zone or the, uh, you know, and, and you have like in, in, in the Americas, you have got economic, well, you could basically have a regional impulse, which might be easier to pull together and have the very same issues. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Well yeah, and the, th the thing, <laughs> yes, I, I mean, I understand that kind of linear idea, Nika, but this is, this is the problem. We already live in a globalized world. Nothing less than global cooperation ultimately will suffice. Any, it's like this is, this is partly why you see such problems in the European Union. You know, the European Union, in a sense, was a, was, is intended as a kind of transnational bulwark against sort of global forces. But even the European Union is being picked apart. Oh, but at the European level, yeah. you can actually I give an example. I mean, for instance, take a carbon tax yeah. as a way of kind of making pollution more expensive. Yeah. And, and then you have the carbon trading schemes, both yeah, at yeah. the European, but also at the global level. You have to be different. So take, 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 take the carbon tax. Um, so if the EU would say, um, we want to bring in a carbon tax. Then the first instinct would be to say, well, how can they do this? Because of course, if, if, if China doesn't participate or the US or, you know, other countries outside the or the UK now, um, then obviously the European companies become non-competitive. Well, that is not entirely true, not in, uh, according to the people who are working on this, because you can you can you can have a mechanism, economic like for instance tariffs. Yeah. So that, yeah, so, yeah, that, yeah, so that about, it's called border adjustment. That's right. Border, yeah. Exactly. Now that that is one example, um, Nico. Yes, where you could kind of force. A, a reciprocity from other parts of the world, and you know, I'm keeping my eye on that, and that that's 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 potentially um, another way to 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 to, to solve the problem. Because so you could, I think, you the same would see. go for a Tobin tax of all kinds of arrangements where the global argument was very strongly, but yeah. if you had like concerted kind of agreement and effort, yeah, so if, the, if say if the EU and the United States agreed to do it, the others would sort of be right. forced to follow. Yeah, that that's also possible. That's also possible. And, and, you know, if that happens, terrific. You know, I, I'd be only too pleased to, to hang up my boots and... <laughs> no, this would be a, this would be a great start, wouldn't it? Because you'd be dealing with a, a, a few players and, and, you know, and possibly, uh, I, I don't know, it would be a different, different game than having to bring in very, very, like, you know, poor countries on the one hand and yeah. highly industrialised countries on the other. And their interests diverge so much that it may be very, very difficult to ever bring them on, the, like, on the same. Yeah, well, that, you know, I, I think, I, I mean, I, I would certainly, you know, in terms of border adjustment um, taxes or, or things like that, you know, I, I, I think we should certainly, I think it's really good. It needs to be tried. It needs to, to be given full support. Um, and let's see, you know, my, my so on some issues it might work, on some issues it might not. Uh, I don't know. 
Um, but I, th I certainly think it's, 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 it's a more promising approach. Um, it's certainly the one to try first. Um, and if, but if it doesn't work or if there are still shortcomings, perhaps something like Simpol might in the end, um, you know, be required. Um, but I, you know, I would say to people support both. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's yeah. absolutely. It's not one or the other. The question no, no, exactly, is just. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, this this is a very this is a beautiful scheme for a global thing. No question. That that's where yeah. it's headed. But there may have to be some interim steps. That's what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, No, that's right. And I think I think I think certainly. You know, uh, I, I hope that they will will do this border adjustment thing just so that we can see whether it works or not. Because if it does, then we can pile more effort and attention into that. And, and with any luck, something like Simpol won't be needed at all. Um, well, or Simpol might actually smooth the way because well, you, know, you yeah. still have to, you still have to, you know, get agreement. You know, like even at a European level, um, yeah. because you know, um, so so or at a, once you have like say the, the US and Europe, or you have whatever yeah. like a D10, for example, where there is no, yeah. you know, no institution yeah. that would bind them together. I think also certainly the sort of voting process that Simpol um, is, is using could be used to provide citizen input into these you know, and, to, and to, to, to add citizen voting pressure to nations to, to agree these, these international... Yeah, give us an example, agreements. just to kind of make this more interesting, give us an example of how in your mind, this would work in practice. How how would citizens like take any example? Let's just say, so give us an example how citizens could actually interface with a kind of a global policy making process. Um, okay, well, <clears throat> on our website, there's a there's a download that you can download called the the information pack, and where there's more details in there. But basically, what we envisage is that um, basically in democratic countries, citizens who support Simpol would, in the first instance, you know, through a series or through a process, a policy development process would in the first instance identify the top 10 global issues from their particular national perspective. And of course that will differ in different countries. Um, then, and, and, and also to um, develop potential solutions for those top 10 issues. Um, so there would be a, in the first instance, a national level or national stage of, of, of policy development. And then at a certain point when you've got enough governments and nations on board, you would then have a, a global negotiation where there would be a kind of cross-linking of all of those, a sorting out what are the two top issues that everyone can, can agree on. Um, and, and then maybe you will get the first simultaneous policy coming from that. There, there's an interesting uh, question just, that's just popping up, but I think this may well be the topic for our next conversation. Um, AI, artificial intelligence. I mean, like, to what extent um, could AI aid or automate some of that? Yes. Um, yeah. And I think that's yeah, an interesting. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we would love to involve, um, you know, I think, I think that this is exactly, you know, during that process of negotiation, it needs to be supported by AI type information. So if, if our nation does this, what will be the policy effect on us and also on all the other countries so that everyone can actually have an idea of what their decisions are likely to, to uh, result in. But I th and I think that kind of information support 
is, is absolutely vital. And I think that's where AI and computer modeling generally could, could, could have a tremendously powerful input into Simpol. Because again, it would increase the transparency. Because if every, all the governments know what the effect is going to be on each other and on themselves, you then have the much more solid basis for action. Right now, nobody kind of really knows what the, you know, the effect might be. And, and of course, politicians don't want to do anything that would, would you know, that it's, they're very risk averse. And so- but of course, if you had, you know, if you have like, you know, like 180 countries, um, all essentially kind of inputting their kind of range of policy options around a kind of a framework. Um, you're talking like serious complexity and, you know, like a lot of sort of potentially sort of unintended consequences because if this, you know, so, and yeah. of course AI in a way could take out a lot of that complexity and could yes. generate, you know, lightning fast answers yeah. to a lot of kind of what if questions. And yes, you can and sort I, of- I think- you know, one would, one would, it would, it would. I think one would obviously try to simplify it, and you would have to, you know, that during that negotiation, that international negotiation, there would be a process of weeding out those issues that are the most um, complex, uh, and 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 trying to start with something relatively simple, but that is also urgent. I mean, it could be a climate agreement and a. And a Tobin tax or a or a wealth global wealth tax or something like that, I don't know. But you know, I'm not a policy expert. But you know, I think it's you know we're not talking about a negotiation that, that deals with all issues in all in one go. That would be crazy. We're talking about you know simple one, simple two, simple three, simple four, year one, year three, year five. You know, so there would be a kind of rolling process with with opportunities at each 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 um, implementation to revise the previous ones. You know, so there's a kind of learning, Yeah, so there's a continuous improvement process. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that to my mind is the kind of governance model that we need. It can, can, can include non-democratic, you know, it, it doesn't insist on democracy much as we would like it. Um, it, it is flexible enough to include non-democratic and democratic. Uh, countries. So I think ultimately we're going to need something like this, I think, you know. Absolutely. So, um, John, could you just in, 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 you know, in, in a couple of sentences sort of summarize once more what, what, what simple is, what it does, um, you know, how it reduces or sort of somehow counters a destructive global competition and, and what the, th the three most important things are that need to fall into place for this to move forward? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it, it, in, the, in the first instance, Simpol is about how to get nations to cooperate by making cooperation in their own self and by structuring it so that cooperation is in, in each nation's self-interest, immediate self-interest. And uh, the, 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 the three planks of that, to my mind, are one is simultaneous implementation, two is multi-issue policy negotiations so that you have win-win trade-offs, and number three is citizens uh, using their votes in the way that Simpol um, offers to actually make incentivize politicians and governments to, towards that uh, cooperative global um, end. Um, 
that that's that's basically it in a nutshell. And what 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 other what other kind of what are the sort of the, the drivers of this? What are going to make what, what's going to make this possible over the next five to ten years? What, what, what's kind of driving what, what, what's, this? What's going to make it possible is is um, is 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 the absence of global cooperation. So, the, but because we have an absence of global cooperation, we we already have dramatic wealth inequality. We already have uh, pandemics that we can't deal with terribly effectively because we don't we have we don't have proper coordination. Um, it, you know, it, so what will drive Simpol or something like it is just things getting worse because you cannot have a globalized economy with only national governance. It just doesn't work, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, so I think the, the, it's the crisis that will, the growing crises that will drive us to, and you're, in fact, you're already beginning to see it, Nico, you know, uh, the government, about 140 governments agreed a, a minimum level of corporation tax about, you know, about a year ago or six months ago. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a, an agreement that was heavily skewed in favor of the rich countries. But nevertheless, I think post-COVID, uh, with all governments sort of up to their necks in debt, there was, there was the pressure to cooperate to raise revenues. And, and that's, that's what I mean. Crisis, every crisis is an opportunity or, or necessity is the mother of invention, you could say. <laughs> so I think, you know, what, what Simpol is really saying is, you know, when, when, you know, when we finally wake up with the water, you know, right around our necks, here on a silver platter is a framework that can actually resolve these issues, that gives us a, a framework for, for dealing cooperatively with these global issues that right now, no nation, not even the most powerful countries, can, can deal with alone. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, of course, um, how do you, when, when, as you move forward, I mean, do, do you give yourself any kind of targets or any, do you have any plans or do you just take it a step like a day at a time? Well, I, we, we, we our, our main focus, apart from sort of trying to recruit citizens, is recruiting politicians. So every time there's an election, we will campaign at the election to, uh, uh, to uh, get politicians and candidates to sign the Simpol pledge. Okay, that pledge basically says, I as a politician will implement the simultaneous policy uh, if elected to parliament, subject to the policy content of Simpol being agreed and subject to sufficient other nations also signing up to it. So it's very much a, a, a pledge in principle. Um, but we are using elections as the main sort of. Um, Did you have any driver. success at the recent French election? Uh, we're, we're, we have not. We haven't. We didn't campaign in the presidential election because we're in, we're really only starting in France. So we're going to start with the legislative elections coming up next month. Okay. But that'll be our very first one. So in, in you France, know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yes, we we certainly will be campaigning. We campaigned in the German election. Uh, the recent one, and we, we increased the number of pledged uh, MDBs, uh, pledged uh, Bundes, Bundesräte from, uh, we, I think we had 16 and we now have 40, you know. So that, that's what we're using to try to um, drive the campaign forward by partly getting politicians signed up, but also showing citizens that it can be done. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, and that their vote matters. You know, I mean, in, in some circumstances, in, in one or two occasions, um, when, a, when a citizen has signed up, we forward their sign up to their local member of parliament. And in some cases that that member of parliament has signed up just on the basis of that one person. Because I think, you know, Simpol, on the one hand, Simpol brings the politi politicians and political parties into competition with each other. Uh, but on the other, it also kind of makes common sense. And I think that common sense appeal is very, you know, that's partly why I think we have support from, mostly from the left, I would say, but we also have support from, from uh, conservative politicians as well, who recognize that some kind of global cooperation is basically, it, it's a no I mean, to me, yeah, I mean, to me, and I, I would sort of describe myself as a centrist, really. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I think too. from a sort of a sort of a centrist perspective, it's a very attractive proposition, because as you said, it's, it's neither left nor right, but it's, and it's, it's, it's kind of, and, and it is potentially democratic. I mean, as you said, there is yes. this, there's this link into it. So it's a tool. It's yes. a tool that you know politicians yes. can use to to overcome uh, the refusal to cooperate. Yes. Um, and and that's I think that is a really important tool for politicians and of course for citizens uh, to have. Um, and I think that's uh, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, sort of so looking forward to the next uh, to another interview in sort of six to twelve months time. Uh, whilst we were talking, this idea of artificial intelligence, I thought it was quite interesting. I was wondering if, if I would find a, an expert on artificial intelligence. I have someone in mind. I don't want to kind of blare it out now because you may say, no, 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 no. So, you know, so I have to I have to uh, treat carefully. But I have somebody in mind who is uh, quite high up in Google, um, uh, working for the kind of like, he's one of the sort of the, the top guys there, working in artificial intelligence and one of their top experts. I was wondering if we would have a threesome uh, next time, and um, and if he had a little bit of preparation to kind of engage with you prior to the to to, to the dialogue, so that um, so that he really understands what this is about, and that yeah. you understand a little bit more uh, the scope of what what he might be able to bring to the debate. Um, yeah, would that, be be that would be wonderful. Would that, that be an that. interesting? Yeah, I'd love that, Nico. I, I really would. Um, you know, I think that would be that would be marvelous. I mean, you know, one of the other things that we we we, we would love to do, um, and that uh, that potentially he could be interested in 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 that direction, is we want to get a, a university study arranged um, on the feasibility of combining, a, a, say, a climate and a and a and a Tobin tax, and you know what, what you know you know what 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 reductions in emissions are required by what date. How much will that cost? How much? How high does the tax therefore need to be? What would potential distributions of the revenue scenario? What different scenarios might be envisaged for distributing the revenue? How could that be modelled? You know, so so you know, he yes, I mean, I would love to have a discussion like that. Yeah. So, so I think we could. I think that would be an interesting uh, thing to do. Of course, we would have to in an in interview. We'd have to kind of obviously organize this and have a, yeah, a, a sure. few chats about to make it to make it work. Because a three-way discussion is always more complex than a, just a, a straightforward dialogue. Um, but yeah. I think this would be would be would be an interesting thing to to do to sort of see what 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 artificial intelligence can 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 bring to this. You know, I think you know another thing at another point interesting might be to get somebody like. Um, 
like a sort of a, a top level consultant on, on elections to sort of see to talk to target from electoral kind of point of view what you know what how it could be used as a campaigning tool in elections and so i think we could moving forward kind of look at simple um with you very much at the center of this from various kind of different perspectives and see how we can create awareness yeah. around it in that way absolutely yeah i mean you know uh, the, the company Cambridge Analytica comes to mind, you know, but I mean, if, if, if we could use that kind of uh, know-how, uh, that kind of, um, you know, computer know-how to, to recruit more citizens to Simpol, which, which as you say, is neither right nor left, um, it, it, it kind of spans both, um, then I think we, you know, that, that's the kind of help we, it really needs. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, what what would you there sort of looking for is possibly like you know, like you know, Facebook or Google or one of these guys or Twitter, uh, you know, um, as as a sponsor or as a sort of a, a yeah. an, an ally to, to to work with. Yes, um, yes. And I think they all have foundations where they would kind of support you know certain projects on certain conditions. But that's I think that's something to explore kind of moving forward. Yes, um, definitely. I mean, you know, that, that there's there's certainly potential for that even though I suppose it might require a simultaneous policy in order to regulate uh, uh, social media platforms globally, but, you know. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> with, with Elon Musk kind of, kind of like, you know, taking on, on Twitter, they may, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how that, you know, how that's yeah. going to, he may actually not be able to do it, depending on how, how yeah. the whole in Tesla shares, how they, you know, develop. Yeah, but they, I, yeah. I, it's, it's interesting though, because like, as you say, because, you know, in a sense, it's sort of like these these global platforms like Twitter and Facebook are essentially they have the character of public utilities. However, they are privately owned. Yeah, yeah. And again, that that yeah, dilemma yeah. is probably one that can only be solved through some kind of global, essentially democratic um, oversight. I yeah, yeah. I, I think I think there may well. I mean, obviously, the the European Union has heavily curtailed, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, Google and and Facebook and uh, Twitter already. Mm. Um, there, there is, you know, there's a lot more regulation, of course, within the European Union than there is across yeah. the pond in in, in the yeah. US. Um, and, and there may well at some point be sort of a kind of a. This would make sense to somehow try to harmonize this globally again. I find it quite frustrating to sort of like you know when you're traveling and you've got different levels of access you know depending where you are you know whether you are and, and yeah. you, you, your timeline looks very different if you're like in europe or if you're if you're in the yes US. yes that's right that's right um, so so yes absolutely i think that's uh, that's that, that there's going to be interesting to, to to see whether like um simple can be used in a private sector context like that uh, mm. for uh, for for things like social media regulation that'd be an interesting uh, an interesting thing to look into as well. Uh, yeah. John, this has been been a really interesting conversation. Uh, thank you. And thank you very much for bringing me up to date. Yes, um, it's always, always I, good fun to talk to you, Nico. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I hope I hope you're going to have a peaceful and, and relaxed summer. I think Corona is going to be with us for some time and we have to find ways of ignoring it uh, or living with it or whatever, but somehow return to... A kind of a way that is is, is yes. sustainable. 
Yes. Um, also for businesses and, and also for the cultural sector and all the rest. It's, yeah. it's yeah. been a difficult Well, point. yeah, I think it's more the war in Ukraine, the effects of that, that we're going to be dealing with even more than coronavirus coming going I forward. think it's all in the cocktail, isn't it? I mean, this is it just is. a cocktail that keeps, keeps getting better and better. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, didn't we think that, you know, that, you know, after Corona, it's all going to be hopefully back to some, you know, uh, and there we have it, you know, war in yeah. Ukraine. And who knows what comes next? Yes, who knows? Anyway, great talking to you, Nico. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much for uh, coming on, and uh, we'll we'll stay in touch and and hopefully kind of schedule a kind of a further a dialogue further down the line. Would love to. Yeah, and let's stay in touch about your friend at Google. I, absolutely, I, I will I will check that out definitely. Okay, lovely. Talk soon. Cheers. Bye. 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 Bye.